I think it might be possible to add a little shelf, like, uh, for an alarm clock. Wait about maybe that big? No, no, maybe like this. Like that? Yeah, like that. Yeah, I can do that. Great. <laughs> you know, this could sound crazy, but... What do you think about adding a drawer for, like, a blanket? Blanket or a quilt? Blanket. That, that thick? Maybe like this. Like that? Yeah, like that. That's what you want? That's what I want. Hey, George. You want this cup holder, uh, you want it mounted on the left, or the right, or in the middle? Whatever! But I don't want to be a secondary character. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. We are a Seinfeld podcast, and every week we take a random episode and we talk about the secondary characters in it. I am Stephen. This is my sleepy colleague, Ivan. Oh, what? Oh, shit, we're doing a podcast. We are, we are. Hey, how you doing? Yes, my name is Ivan. Yes, (laughs) this is a Seinfeld podcast. That's right. (laughs) And uh, in case you haven't guessed it, this week we are doing the nap. And no, we don't have uh, sleeping compartments under our recording desk. That would be nice, though. Hey, it would be nice, but I do have a Playboy magazine and some chocolates. Empty calories and male curiosity. Hey, Georgie. I did uh, like that uh, Playboy cover with Elle McPherson on it. Oh, it was a nice one, wasn't it? Very of its time. Very of its time. And a nice callback to another episode, The Suicide. Uh, where Kramer goes to the Cayman Islands oh, and yeah. he sees Elle McPherson, his new friend. So I, I thought it was a little it, reference to her. I think he calls her Elle McPherson. Oh, McPherson, yeah, yeah. that's right, yeah. Yep, 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 <laughs> Definitely. yep. Definitely. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C podcast at gmail.com. We are on socials, so hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. You can also listen to all of the previous episodes of this podcast on any podcast service. And if you want to rate us or review us, that would be amazing. It sure would. Yeah. And uh, finally, we have a website. It is down at the moment, but uh, it will be up hopefully sooner rather than later. We've just got to get around to it. Yeah, we do. I mean, I guess it's under construction. Yeah. So, whatever. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we are on Patreon as well. So, head to patreon.com forward slash bibblebass to check out all the tiers and uh, all the content you can get for various dollars per month. Indeed. Now, Seinfeld is in Stephen. What have you got for this week? What has happened in your life which is Seinfeld related? Uh, I've got one. So, it's more my friend Andy, who you know. Oh, yes, yes. How's he doing? Oh, he's good. He's good. He is a hard rubbisher. So, every time hard rubbish is on it, certain parts of the year um, or certain times of the year he goes around with his car and just you know goes treasure hunting and uh, he sent me a photo I think on Saturday or Sunday this last weekend and it was a photo of uh, a sticker of the Kramer so oh, the, so the portrait of the Kramer fantastic yeah it was just like a little sticker and he sent it to me and I think I think he'll give it to me, um, you know, next time I see him. So, ah, cool, cool. Yeah, so it was sort of more Andy Seinfeldism, but because he's not here and because he doesn't really care about Seinfeld that much, <laughs> I'll uh, take credit for it. But he had so much Seinfeld paraphernalia. How many books did he give us? Like oh, three or four Seinfeld books? Three or four books. And, yeah, yeah, crazy. So. Yeah, I mean, he's got one of everything. So, <laughs> yeah, there was bound to be some Seinfeld stuff in his uh, in his treasure. Absolutely. Well, he had four Seinfeld things. <laughs> so there you go. More than one. That's it. <laughs> Excellent. Do you have any Seinfeldisms? No, none for this week, unfortunately. I think uh, my one last week, if you go back to it, was pretty funny. It was I quite enjoyed it a lot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Seinfeld News, Stephen, what have you got for this week? How many pieces of news? Uh, just one this week. Okay. What uh, happened? Pretty good. Uh, so you can go to uh, Jessica Seinfeld, that's Jerry's, that's Jerry's wife's Instagram page to check this out. Uh, she snapped a photo of uh, their daughter, Sasha, um, attending the prom, or yeah. like the pre-prom. And she was with her prom date. 
think, yeah, in the that's photo. right. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just them, you know, being young and you know excited for the prom. Uh, I think they they might be hugging or something like that. And uh, if you look carefully in the background, you'll see Seinfeld's ass. That's right. He was actually doing some gardening, and I think it was an unintentional photo bomb. Yeah, uh, I think he was bending over, doing something in the garden, and uh, yeah, she put it up there, and in her caption, she said, I could not resist posting couple of the year and Jerry's rear. Ah, I love it. I love the comments on the Instagram post, have you seen it? It's like, Jerry's bringing it up the rear. Yeah, (laughs) there was some good good wordplay and puns in there for sure. Very good ones. And you know I'm a fan of that. And I I liked, I think Spike Ferriston left a comment, he was like, this is how he does selfies. It's like straight up in the front and... I don't know, it was like something that Spike explained about Jerry. Oh, okay, so right. So this is how Jerry takes selfies. Oh, right. You know, I like, didn't see that It was one. like, must be an inside joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and that's all the Seinfeld news for the week, so a bit of a quiet one. Yeah, a bit of a quiet one indeed. I know, crazy. But anyway, we do have an episode to talk about and it's secondary characters, Steve. So what do you reckon? We'll just jump straight in? Sure, sounds good. Beautiful. The Nap from Season 8, Episode 18. First aired in the US on April 10th, 1997. Directed by Andy Ackman, written by Greg Cavett and Andy Robin. George is tired and needs to take a nap while at work. Jeez, I know that feeling. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I'm tired all the time. <laughs> all I think the time. I think once you turn 30, you're just permanently tired. Yeah, I feel that sometimes too. I, I had three coffees today. Yeah. Should I have like one or two? I literally had six or seven coffees. My goodness. No wonder yeah. you're fired up today. I'm not really fired up. I'm just <laughs> not tired. <laughs> I'm just normal. I saw you singing Pat Benatar on the way here. She was, oh, heartbreaker, dreammaker. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask everyone if they knew the song and sing <laughs> yeah. it really badly. Absolutely. Yep. Um, George is tired and needs to take a nap while working. Uh, he finds the perfect place under his desk. Kramer's taken up swimming, but he finds the local pool too constricting for his needs. Not shrinkage, but as in he needs more space to swim. Uh, He begins swimming in the East River. Uh, Elaine's date, Hal, Vince Grant, is worried about his back and hers, and he sends her a mattress, and she gets the wrong idea. A mattress from the lumbar yard. Yeah, I like it when uh, she goes, they always have the worst names, like... Back in business. Back in business, and there was something about invertebrae. Yeah. Uh, invertebrate, or... No, verte- vertebrate, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. And then he's like, oh, the lumbar yard. Yeah, and he's like, not this one. It's called the lumbar yard. <laughs> <laughs> it's always... I think we got ones here, then they're like lazy bed or yeah you know all these cliche things the best the best type of business for good puns is thai restaurants no shit oh there's, yeah there's like tidal wave <laughs> and like titanic ah uh-huh, <laughs> yeah, yeah there's yeah. so many of them there's plenty of those yeah yeah there's so many asian restaurants with all those cliches yeah yeah i, yeah. I can't think of any at the moment but yeah thai, if, i noticed that thai restaurants seem to be oh and a lot of them are, are fur as well oh fur yeah yeah, yeah that's right like, the, um, the, the beef noodle soup yeah um I can't even think of any, but there's there's a couple around. I think there's one in South Yarra, and it's like for something or for terrific uh, or something like that. For tastic, yeah, know, whatever, so, something like that. Do you have any funny Asian restaurant names where you are? Let us know. Send us an email or drop us a line. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, she gives the mattress to Kramer because he, she doesn't want it anymore. Jerry's getting new kitchen cabinets, but the contractor Conrad, played by Stephen Lee, is constantly asking him questions. George gets Jerry's contractor to make some modifications for his desk, including space for an alarm clock. George Steinbrenner is in George's office looking at him to ask him what the lyrics are to Heartbreaker by Pat Benatar. She's a heartbreaker, dream maker. I love how he's singing it. It's like, heartbreaker, dream maker. Completely tone deaf. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he's Completely and he, cooking the melody. And he doesn't know most of the lyrics. He's, yeah. just, like, he's just making stuff up as he goes along. I that reminds it. me, when I was in year seven, I think, or year eight, uh, when I first heard Pantera, who were very, like, uh, important band for my like musical taste growing up there was one lyric 
uh, it was a song called Primal Concrete's Ledge, and it says Primal Concrete. Oh, what does it say? Come and be with me, live my twisted dream, pro devoted <laughs> pledge, tie for Primal Concrete's Ledge, which don't make sense out no, of context. Absolutely. But I heard the song once, and I just kept on singing it over and over and over again. And everyone's like, "What are you singing, dude?" And I'm like, "Oh, Pantera, man, they're awesome." And it's, I remember one chorus from one song. It, it sounds like AI trying to make a metal song. Yeah, it's like AI lyrics. Yeah, it's it's really bad. It's just something a bit off. You're like, oh. yeah, you're like, oh, okay, fair enough. But I was just annoying the shit out of everyone, going blah 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 blah. <laughs> concrete sledge. Yeah, Pantera. time for primal concrete sledge. <laughs> George gets Jerry to phone in a bomb threat in an effort to get Steinbrenner out. Instead, he decides to hide under the desk. After finding George under the desk, Steinbrenner thinks he has ESP and would be perfect to meet the terrorist who's Jerry's demands of a fitted hat day. Yep. Meanwhile, Jerry's contractor, left on his own, has built a large and obstructive, or obtrusive rather, addition to Jerry's kitchen that no one likes. All these cabinets are just so annoying. I know, it's a bit ridiculous. Very. Elaine gets her mattress back when she gets the right idea. However, Kramer has fouled it up with the stench of the East River. Elaine's boyfriend discovers the benefits of swimming in the East River. Hal Kitzmiller. What's it? What's Hal? Yeah. Highland Breger? Kitzmiller. I've been in that situation before. <laughs> I've met someone more than once and I just can't remember the name. And I make a point of telling them, yeah. I won't forget your name again. And then two weeks later you see him and you're like, oh, I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he discovers the benefits of swimming in the East River and his fellow chiropractic patients come in to this pool or into the ocean and swim as well, or the river. Steinbrenner hears a ticking sound in George's office, thinks it's a bomb. Wah, 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 wah. Calls in the bomb squad, and instead he finds George's magazines, coffee mug, alarm clock, etc. Jerry decides he needs his old kitchen back. Elaine throws her back out, trying to get rid of the mattress, and goes to the East River as well. George finds a new place to nap in Jerry's cupboards, which were rebuilt into their normal condition for $4,000. Not bad for four grand. Not bad for four grand. Other secondary characters include Richard Hurd. He makes another appearance as Wilhelm, George's boss, or I guess sub-boss. Line manager. Line manager. Joe Neal Kennedy plays the secretary. Uh, Mick Scriba plays the bomb squad guy. Terry Rhodes plays the father watching Kramer at the East River. Probably my favourite secondary character in this episode. Uh, as well as Kyle Sullivan, who plays the son. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Sid Newman plays the old man, you know, at, at the river. Yep. Step aside. Yeah. He sank like a stone. <laughs> and uh, Kevin... I like Kramer's reaction when he pokes him in the back. It's like, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Step aside. Uh, and Kevin Kekerson plays Brian. So, uh, a bit of trivia about the episode, Stephen. What have you got? Uh, so, like many Seinfeld episodes, this one was actually inspired by a true story. So, uh, according to commentary by one of the writers, the idea for the episode came from the fact that a few of his friends would, in fact, take naps underneath their desks. Ah, uh-huh, yes, of course. Uh, that's always been my fantasy, you know, like sleeping under the desk. Yeah. Just having a kip, you know, for an hour or two. Have you ever taken a nap when you're not supposed to? You oh, know, many had a, times. Had a cheeky nap. Yeah. You know, when you're supposed to be working or doing yeah. something, you're like, eh, I'm not going to clean yeah. the house today, I'm just going to sleep. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've just had a nap. You know, it's good, like, especially when you're at home and it's a weekend. You know, in Melbourne right now, it's a bit cold, so it's nice to have a, you know, an hour or two rest. That's true. It's lovely. It's one of life's simple joys. Absolutely. Well, Taking we do it for one third of the day. It's and, true. You know, it's good, it's good for your health, very positive. Well, I try and do it for one third of the day, but <laughs> usually it's one quarter of the day. One quarter of the day, oh, goodness. Yeah. You need to sleep more. I do. <laughs> you, eat, you eat too much dairy. <laughs> quoting Tor Ekman, but you're a vegan, so that doesn't work. <laughs> I can't say that about you. Um, the East River scenes were actually filmed at Universal Studios in their circular tank. 
And apparently, um, footage of the tank itself was replaced with more water that was digitally added. I had a feeling it was green screen. It didn't look like they were uh, at the river. No. no. Did you notice that? Or at a river? Yeah, it definitely mm. looked... It, it kind of reminded me of when uh, they're in cars. You know, you can tell the background is, is pretty fake. Yeah, absolutely. And if you do look closely, Steve, uh, at almost the middle of the screen, you can see where the digital water begins and the tank water ends. When I read that bit of trivia when I watched the episode after that, I did notice that. It's very distinct. It's, very not, distinct, it's not a yeah. subtle sort of change. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just real water, CG yeah. water. CGI from the 1990s. Yeah. I bet you if it was Game of Thrones, it'll look really expansive. Except the last <laughs> couple of episodes. Oh, CGI yeah. was shit house. No, oh, what's a water bottle doing there? They had plastic back then? Yeah. Goodness gracious. Terrible. <laughs> and uh, you know, Stephen, this was also Larry David's first return to Seinfeld, uh, doing the voice of Steinbrenner since leaving the show at the end of the previous season. Yeah, that's right. Mm, and yeah. he did return a couple more times, I think, before the uh, end of the show altogether mm. and he did write the finale which we'll get around to doing at some point uh, eventually we'll see yeah do you have any other trivia uh, no how about yourself no that's all I've got so uh, quick break yeah sure oh what were you going to say sorry I was just going to say this is like a pretty light episode of Bidwell Pass there's only one bit of Seinfeld news one Seinfeldism <laughs> not much trivia yeah absolutely I think it would be probably one of our shortest ones yet that's right a lot of our episodes have been like under 40, 40 45 minutes lately so. commute time yeah that's, that's right that's the aim that's the aim indeed uh, we'll have a quick break and we're going to talk about secondary characters Conrad and Hal and I got a couple of notes on the father and the son at the river hello folks Matt McCoy here aka Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld and I'm telling you right now I do not want to be a secondary character. Hey, folks. We've been doing this podcast for over two years now, and uh, you probably don't know, but we're on Patreon. That's right. If you head to our Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, you can check out all the different tiers we have. That's right. And uh, as well as our general tiers, we actually have special tiers for potential show sponsors and content creators. So if you want to share your goods or services or anything awesome you're doing, there's special tiers just for you. That's right. And uh, if you wanted to support us, you can chuck in a dollar a month to the human fund money for people i.e us and uh that will continue helping us do what we do which is talk about the secondary characters from seinfeld each week that's right yeah uh so if you are a supporter thank you and if you've thought about it thank you and uh if you want to support us thank you yes patreon.com forward slash b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c happy podcasting Okay, let's get into it. Uh, Hal Kitzmiller, the uh, the obsessive back health guy. That's right. Yes, Hal Kitzmiller, and he's he had a back problem, or he got his had a back issue fifteen years ago. Apparently, what do you think he did to his back? Well, I, first of all, I should say that he's played by the actor Vince Grant. Uh, he's appeared in the films Dreamgirls and Taking Lives. Ah, mm, yes. Um, but his back, I guess, his condition. Um, I'm not sure actually. Okay. Uh, what do you think? Well, he's really obsessed with uh, posture, so I'm going to guess maybe... I don't know. I didn't really think about it. Mm. I thought maybe you had some notes. No. Well, I usually, usually with these, I just watch the episode again before we do it, and mm. then I kind of get notes in my head. Yeah. I'm guessing... Well, he seems like an athletic kind of guy, and he's into, like, swimming and stuff. I'm guessing he may have played a sport, either recreationally or, you know, for a club or maybe state or something, and maybe... Maybe. Something happened. Maybe he played. Oh, doesn't look like a football player. No, he's maybe. A bit too skinny to play. Yeah, NFL, I think. probably. Maybe he played basketball or yeah. soccer or something, and then he did something and his back went out. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's a possibility. Or he seems like an extreme, well, not extreme kind of guy like Tony from the stool, but he seems like he likes enjoying stuff. And I can imagine maybe he rides a motorbike or something, or maybe he used to and he had an accident. I think it was probably something really 
traumatic or something really damaging to his back that probably yeah, did it. And he's it been really paranoid since. Yeah, it doesn't seem yeah. like a minor injury. It was, I'm sure it was debilitating for a long period of time. Yeah, I'm guessing either probably in motorbike accident or maybe like a serious sports injury. Okay. Something so debilitating that he tried to come back into the sport, but it just... He was never the same. Yep. You know how sometimes you hear of athletes getting these injuries and then they have operations and then they're just never the same? Yeah. I think it was probably one of those kind of things. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What yeah, do no, you that, think? What's your theory? Yeah, no. I, I mean, I agree that it was something obviously very traumatic. The fact that he's still... He's really obsessive about back health. I mean, I've injured my back before. Hmm. And, you know, for a short period of time after when you heal, you sort of try and be a bit more mindful of how you sleep and how yeah. you sit and stuff like that. But, you know, you, you get back into the bad habits. Like, those things sort of go away, that hmm. mindfulness. But uh, 15 years on and the fact that he's happy to buy a mattress for a relative stranger, he's obviously very passionate about it. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe does, I mean, I don't know if there's any organizations that promote back health, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's involved in some sort of, you know, community work or something to to sort of highlight the issue of back injuries. Oh, maybe, Something like yeah, that, like yeah, a, yeah. a bit of activism in a way. Yeah, he's a bit of an activist regarding health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's really, you know, I mean, he's obviously passionate about it and I reckon he talks about it with anyone he can really. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a bit of a back injury punisher. Mm-hmm. You know, if he calls out people for sitting incorrectly or lifting incorrectly <laughs> or something like that. Actually, maybe he's like a workplace health and safety officer. Oh, yeah. You know, you like, think like so? a real a real stickler for, for back safety. Oh, maybe um, he is. You know, like at a, at a factory or something. Like, you know, where there's a lot of people lifting boxes at a warehouse or something. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, that's not how you lift. Use your knees. Bend yeah. your knees. No golf. Or, or like a, what do they call it? Like a, a golfer's bend. You know oh, how oh. golfers like do one leg when they get the golf ball out of the hole? Yes, yes. Yeah, I still work at Woolies. So, you know, all oh. that shit's <laughs> imprinted into my brain. It's really imprinted in your brain. All yeah. the back things and the potential issues so Woolies don't get sued. That's right. Yeah. Um, I didn't like him too much. No. I it was a bit of a bit annoying, actually. Yeah, he was yeah. a bit of a dick. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. It was actually, with the nap overall, I didn't really like the episode too much, to be yeah. honest with you. And I think... This is probably the only, well, probably besides the father and son, but they were so minor in the episode. I didn't like the other secondary characters. Yeah, I, I wasn't really about them. I wasn't really mm. taken with any of the secondaries. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hal especially. He was probably my least favourite. Mm. Um, and just the fact that he was so, um, not possessive, but just a bit kind of entitled about how Elaine spends her time. Like, you know, when he confronts Kramer about them having a relationship but nothing's even happened between them no like, absolutely but he thinks it does because you know Kramer says as a joke affectionately yeah. oh I'll come back to your place yeah. you know with the key you but know. just the fact that it's like I mean if you went on two dates with someone and then you confronted someone that that person's known for what 10 or more years like that's pretty I don't know that's pretty rude yeah. to like to just come into someone's life and be like this is how your relationship should be or I need to I need to clarify what you know what I think is appropriate, and it's yeah. like, no, nah, mate, you're, you know, you're new. <laughs> Fuck off. Like, exactly. Yeah, and I just, I just thought that that was a bit, a bit rude, and, and a bit, yeah, bit, bit yuck. And how assume that Kramer and Elaine were having an affair? Did you notice that? You know, he smelt what was on the mattress, yeah. but then he smelt Kramer, and they were the same smell. Yeah. You think that maybe, like in his head, he thought that Kramer was still seeing Elaine. Yeah. And then when Kramer says, "Oh, we broke it off." He just believes him. Kramer could have slept with Lane like the night before. Yeah. You know, and then suddenly like, oh, that's fine. You probably had sex while we were dating. Yeah. But that's all right. It's fine. Yeah. That's all I need to know. Mm. It's like, that doesn't make sense. That's a bit of a, a bit of lazy writing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they probably could have, it would have been funny if they like escalated it and he still thought that they were still seeing each other. Yeah. Or maybe there was like little hints dropping in that they may have been still seeing each other, you know? 
Yeah. I think that would have been a bit funnier, but no, it's just like, oh yeah, we broke it up though. Yeah. And, and it's it like, goes, what, you broke it up what, last night, two days ago? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if, if, if you were dating someone mm. and then, you know, you saw like their old friend and then it was implied, or you thought at least, mm. based on the communication and stuff, mm. that they were seeing each other mm. and, you know, there was some way to indicate that they were in the bed. Yeah. You know, imagine like you were still dating this person and yeah. you're like, well, when did you break it off? Oh, we broke it off recently. Yeah. Oh, what, in the last 24 hours? Yeah. You know? You'd no, see, I, see, I disagree. If I started dating someone and um, unless we had a discussion and we specifically said we are exclusive now and we're not seeing anyone, who that other person fucks, even if it's not true, yeah, outside of us dating is not my business. You know right. what I mean? Like, oh, so like right. Hal, you know, Hal had been on what two dates with Elaine when he suspects that her and Kramer are sleeping together, still sleeping together during that stage. Yeah, right. Elaine, Elaine's never given him any indication that she's keen. Oh, let alone, let okay. alone wants yeah. to be exclusive with him. Right, right. And right, the fact right. that he can presume that they're sleeping together, like that's a reasonable assumption based on the evidence in this episode. But the fact that he takes it upon himself to sort of, uh, you know, check with Kramer about. Like, that's none of his business. Until Elaine says to him, we are exclusive and I'm not sleeping with anyone, you know, or something like that. She can do whatever she wants when she's not with him. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the attitude that I didn't like about him. And that's that's why I thought it was a bit, I don't know, I, it just put me off. Yeah. Yeah. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you mean. But yeah. I, think, I think that that would be an appropriate thing to feel if you've decided to be exclusive with the person. But if you're just still in the pre- preliminary dating... And there's had there's been no discussion, then it's none of your business. Absolutely, you know. Okay, yeah, that's a fair take. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Like that's just how I feel about like dating and relationships. It's like till you've decided to be exclusive, then what the other person does when you're not with them is literally none of your business, and you have no right to ask or or you know impose your what you think is appropriate into that situation. Fair call. Yeah. Anyway, but overall, I think Hal was a dick character. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Probably not really. I don't know. I just didn't really enjoy. Yeah. Seeing him. Yeah. yeah, I was a bit off him. Very forgettable. Hopefully, he floats in the East River <laughs> in a post-credit scene. Maybe he pisses off a mafioso. <laughs> yeah, and he ends up in the um, he ends up in the the East River. In the East River, I love when Kramer said, "Oh, there's a couple other people swimming in there." Yeah, and he goes, "Were well, they swimming? Oh, they were more floating." Yeah, but they were in there. <laughs> but they were in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It. Well, let's talk about uh, Conrad, yep. Connie, Connie, Con, whatever Con, you want to call whatever him. Whatever you prefer. The indecisive uh, cabinet maker, I assume, uh, played by Stephen Lee. Uh, he's appeared in the films War Games, The Negotiation. Burlesque and Robocop 2 uh, sadly passed away in 2014 aged 58 in Los Angeles yeah that's Very right sad. from a heart attack yeah really sad most importantly though he also did appear in Nash Bridges oh cool <laughs> Nash Bridges yeah it's one of those bad good shows from the early 2000s do you remember Nash Bridges no is it like Walker Texas Ranger like that th- kind of bad so bad it's good yeah. kind of show yeah, yeah. okay yeah. yeah cool it's it's pretty awful but <laughs> Nash it's, Bridges yeah it's just the name Nash Bridges. <laughs> Nash Bridges. Like, it's like Trent Steele. Or, yeah. You know, like it's, it's like a fake power name. Magnum P.I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, really sad for Stephen um, that he passed. But, uh, yeah, I... Again, you know, well, he's a cabinet maker. And actually, one, one thing that was in the trivia notes for the episode, you notice how, all, like, the electric, the stove and everything has been moved to, like, closer to the lounge room. Yeah. There, there was actually a trivia fact that I didn't mention that Jerry would have needed a licensed electrician to have the electrics moved to another part of the kitchen. Maybe Connie is uh, a jack-of-all-trades. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's... Maybe he's got more than one trade under may- his belt. Well, we call them in Australia Rex registered yeah. electrical contractors, so I don't know what they call them in the US. Actually, but I don't think anyone calls them Rex except people like us who work in the energy work in industry. The end, I think yeah. people just call them Sparkies. Okay, Sparkies. Or yeah. tradies. Yeah. Sparkies, yeah. But we're used to calling them Rex because so, we both yeah. work in uh, energy. That's right. So he's a Sparky and a Chippy. Yeah. Um, yeah, cabinet maker. Uh, do you know the reason why... 
because I was trying to figure out why is he so indecisive. I think he had a job previously where maybe he got the reins or maybe something happened or maybe his workmanship wasn't the best or something went wrong. I think he was probably going to get sued. I reckon something really serious happened um, and he was liable somehow, him, if he was a contractor or the company he worked for, whatever. I think something serious happened and maybe it got to the point where maybe it was like an out-of-settlement kind of thing. Like he didn't get you know, sued for millions. Maybe they're like, oh, look, just pay us this much. Maybe his company... Copped, it, copped the brunt of it and I think probably something major or maybe like he built a cabinet and he didn't do, do it properly and then it probably fell on the customer you know when they were using it it was something really serious like that yep. and I think since then he probably you know was more cautious he's, so he's overcompensating or he did something or like probably the, the less serious notion is probably my guess or like another guess is maybe that he did a job for someone and they gave him a bit of free reign mm. but then like he just copped it. Maybe it was the, it was nothing that the customer wanted, yep. and they said, oh, "I gave you free reign, and I hate it. Do it now, or I'm going to sue you. Do it for free." Blah blah blah. He probably copped a barrage of complaints from like a client, yep. and he thought, "Oh Jesus, this is the last time I'm going to put my foot forward and make decisions. I'm going to be for my next customer. I'm going to be a bit more standoffish." Yeah, I think something tr- something serious like that. One mm. of those two, probably the latter, most likely. I think he would have really copped a lot of abuse. Yep. Or he got a complaint put in under his name or something. But I think since then he was like, oh, okay, I better, you know, yeah. I better just let the customer make all the decisions. Better be overly cautious. Absolutely. That's my take on it. Yeah, no, I think that's pretty pretty spot on. Yeah. Something has happened and it's caused him to go the other way. That's right. Rather than just assume he knows what's best, mm-hmm. he's gone the complete opposite direction. Yeah, rather than take initiative and say, all right, I think these joiners would work better. Yep. You know, you know, usually when you get work done, they'll come to you and say, look, I recommend blah, blah, blah. What do you think? Yeah. Or if you go get yeah, your car serviced. They'll say, look, you might need this and this and this. They don't just say, oh, look, uh, they don't we need to change to the brake pads. Decision. What do you think? Should I use the ceramic brake pads or should I use this? You know, yeah. it's like, okay, we feel that this one is the best one for your car, yep. but it's up to you. What do you want to do? Yeah. You know. Yeah. They, they offer their advice, but leave the choice up to you. Yeah. They don't ask you to do their job for them. Even when uh, George is getting his desk modified, you see like George is excited in the middle of the night when they come in and do it. By the morning, they've done an all-nighter getting it all planned. Yeah. You can tell that he's asked George like a thousand things, like what joiner do you want this? How big do you want this? You know, imagine getting like 500 questions on a project. It's like far out, man. Yeah. It's like, just, just make up your mind. You're the, pr- you're the cabinet maker. Far out. Yeah. Give me a break. It's just... Um, yeah. It's just like, a, I guess, a lack of balance. Like maybe he was a bit too presumptuous initially and then he got sued or, you know, abused or whatever. Yeah, it was one of those things, and I now, think, yes. now rather than go, oh, well, maybe I should just consult a bit more, he's gone the complete opposite direction and he over-consults and he wants every micro-decision made for him. Yeah. Um, but then he comes right back. Like, you know, when, he, when Jerry basically says, just finish it off, just get the fuck out of my house basically that's right yeah basically he comes yeah. back the other way and he just stops caring and then he ends up being a smart ass to Jerry mm, that's right so I think maybe he's got a slight kind of not not bipolar but he's he's got a personality of extremes oh okay you know yeah, what I mean yeah, like yeah. He, maybe he's just not good at common sense and sort of rational balance mm-hmm. of like well you know I, I went a bit too far this time and I went a bit too far this other time you know maybe somewhere in the middle is the, the happy medium yeah he's either doesn't care or he cares too much 
And I think that would be in his personal life as well. Like I could see him maybe being in a relationship with someone where he's either utterly disinterested and the other person has no idea what's going on or he's just completely overbearing. You know, he doesn't he doesn't know how to find a, a, a reasonable common sense middle ground in whatever he does, work yep. or personal. So he's quite an extreme person. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um yeah, I you know, whether that's some sort of mental illness or if it's just, you know, I, I don't know. But I could just foresee that being in all parts of his life. Yeah. I, I still think he's a really forgettable character, much like Hal. I didn't like him much either. Yeah. I don't know. They could have made him a bit more comedic or a bit more, you know, have a bit more life. But I just felt like he was just a really bland character. Yeah. I don't know if it was whether it was Stephen's portrayal of him or his idea of him just being like a boring, monotonous kind of guy, or maybe it was just the writing. I'm not sure. But I, I don't know. I just didn't really like him much either. I like the idea of a... Uh you know, uh, uh, an indecisive tradesperson. I like that idea as a character concept, someone who just annoys the shit out of you because they can't make any decisions. But yeah, Steve's particular portrayal of it, yeah, didn't really... Yeah. Didn't really excite me very Didn't, much. No, I felt like he needed more flair. Yeah. I just felt like he probably needed a bit more, I don't know, comedic, yeah. I don't know, attributes, I suppose, or whatever you call yeah, I know what you mean. Just, yeah. You could have had the same character, but someone a bit more, with a bit more pizzazz. Yeah. I bet you if it was like a Larry David penned episode, they probably yeah. would have given him a bit more, like you said, pizzazz yeah. or something like that. I think I just think he needed a bit more, you know. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Not not to be the star of the show, but at least, you know, try and, you know, make it a bit funnier. Yeah, the for whole sure. Thing. Yeah. A bit more plumage. Plumage, yes. <laughs> that's the word. All right. Uh, I got some notes on the father and the son. Okay. Uh, that's Brooklyn. That's where Spike Lee lives. Um, so <laughs> That's the only reference to Brooklyn. Pretty much. Uh, so Father was played by Terry Rhodes. Uh, he's appeared in the films The Day After Tomorrow and Liar Liar. Uh, just like Stephen, he passed away as well in California, oh. in Encino, uh, in 2013, age 61. Ah, oh. oh, so sad. Too young. Definitely. And the son was played by Kyle Sullivan. Uh, Kyle was known for appearing in the TV series Malcolm in the Middle, as well as All That, and he's appeared in the film Soldier. Hmm. There you go. And he was born in the same year as me, 1988. Oh. There you go. Okay. Awesome. So, he would have been, what, nine when this episode yeah, came out? Probably eight, yeah, probably. Eight, nine. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Probably when they were filming. Eight. Yeah. True. Nine. Yeah. Um, I, look, unlike Hal and Conrad, who I think are really forgettable, I actually like the father and son. I, I like the father. I just like how nonchalantly he's just like, oh, they, the mafia throw dead bodies in there. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, when they're floating. It's just, <laughs> it's like, who says that to a kid? Yeah. I reckon, yeah. I reckon he's a- Maybe a, a semi-distant son. I could imagine him being like a, you know, like a banker or a lawyer or someone who works really long hours. Sure. And spends very little time with his son and doesn't know how to communicate appropriately with a with an eight or nine-year-old. Or he could just be like one of those really blunt parents. He just yeah. says it like it is. Yeah. He's like, you're not going to grow up and be whatever you want to be. Yeah. You're going to be whatever is within your, you know, scope. <laughs> yeah. A bit, a bit more realistic, maybe. You're not, you're not going to be an astronaut. <laughs> yeah. You're too dumb to be an astronaut. Yeah. Exactly. You're terrible at maths. Yeah. So, I reckon he's probably one of those tough love kind of dads. Yep. He just says it like it is. He's yeah. like, this is what happens, man. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat the world for you. Yeah. That's just the way it is. No cotton wool here, buddy. I think you can be like that, but also not tell your son about dead mafia bodies when <laughs> no. you're eight. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you can. there's a middle ground there. I think it's kind of unexpected, though, when you hear it. You're like, he's saying that to a nine-year-old. Like, yeah. what? Really? Yeah. Okay. And, and the son's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I Obviously, he communicates like that with him all the time because the son doesn't seem too shocked or scared. Like, I, if I saw, if I saw that, if I told that to my kid, who's four, uh, you know, I don't think he would just be like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, he would be maybe a bit scared or a bit surprised. He wouldn't really know what to do with it. He'd be like, what's mafia? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At um, four. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he seems pretty well adjusted. And, yeah. And or just, just yeah. used to it. Just like, oh, yeah, cool. 
And how many nine-year-olds in the 90s know who Spike Lee is? Yeah. <laughs> Nine. It's like, that's where Spike Lee is. And the son's like, oh, Spike Lee, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Do you think they watch Do the Right Thing and all those kind of Probably. <laughs> all those films together? Well, I mean, Spike Lee was a pretty- I mean, you know, he's always been considered a pretty- uh, important director, yeah. But especially in New York, like that's where his a lot of his films are set. So yeah. I, I don't know. I could, I could, under, I could understand a kid being like being aware of who he is. Fair enough. Well, for me, yeah. it was like when I was nine. It was basically Nintendo, Pokemon, and Tarzos. Yeah. Those round discs. True. That was really all it was. Really. Yeah, I think I was saying in the car ride over here that when I was you know ten or eleven and getting into NBA in the mid nineties. I knew who Spike Lee was, but mm. because he was a, a, a constant um, attendee at New York Knicks games. How about those Knicks? How about those Knicks? <laughs> um, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I like the father and son. I, I think the father's got a pretty grim worldview as well. I think he does too. You know, he can't even believe that someone would swim in the river. It's like, if, if someone's in the river, it has to be a dead body. Like, that's yeah. a pretty grim uh, conclusion to draw. And I think with his occupation, you mentioned him possibly being like in a distant job, like lawyer. I think he's either a lawyer or a detective. Right. Like a cop, you know, because oh, yeah. he knows about the dead bodies. True. And he's probably like, hey, son, this is what happens in the real world. Yeah. You know, this is what I've seen. This is the shit I've seen as a lawyer. True. You know, that I've heard of. Yeah, he probably yeah. works in, in law enforcement in some way. Yeah, that's, or that's he's a, good a point, lawyer actually. barrister or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think it can work. Although what he's saying isn't exactly true. As someone who considers himself a amateur expert on mafia culture, ah. I'm, I'm obsessed with you know, gangs and mafias and stuff like that. So I know quite a bit. The gangs of Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> African gangs running wild. I um I can confirm that most of the time they don't dump bodies in the river. Where do they dump them? Usually under concrete. Oh yeah. Or in, or in acid barrels. No wonder Italians love concrete so yeah. much. No yep. wonder they have such a fetish for it. It's to dispose of all the bodies. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. I wonder how many dead bodies my grandfather had. Ah, oh, probably heaps. Probably like a hundred under there. Yeah. He loved there's, his concrete. There's at least one fresh corpse <laughs> well, under every job that he did. Every driveway has at least one dead body under yeah. it. My late nonno. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just bury me in concrete. Just bury me in concrete. <laughs> I like- came, I saw it, I concrete. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Italians did. Instead <laughs> of a Viking funeral like going out, you know. <laughs> Just, just, I don't know, like slowly, I can imagine like all the concreters, you know, like giving like some sort of salute or something and they're slowly sinking in concrete, yeah. you know, with like a with epic music playing and they're like- And, and instead of bullets, they're just shoveling in cement. You yeah. know how it's like they fire shots in the air. It's like yeah. they put shovels of concrete on the ground. Yeah. Instead of like a, you know, like 21 gun salute, there's like 21 cement mixes you know, yeah. spinning or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. I haven't been to one of those funerals yet, but I'm sure there's a there's a market oh, for it. Oh, that's definitely a thing. It has to be. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Do you have any other uh, details about characters or any other notes about secondaries? Well, Steinbrenner's quite... Uh, I'm, I think he's got just as much screen time as um, Hal or Connie yeah, in this episode. he does. And we have done an episode on Steinbrenner. but um, And the chemistry between George and him are just yeah, incredible. It's on point. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to mention in this, and I mentioned this to you in the car ride over, that I think he's, I mean, Steinbrenner's, you know, pretty unhinged. Yeah. But he seems a bit more unhinged bit in this episode. Yeah. Like Saying that fa- George has ESP. Yeah. It's like, really? Even for Steinbrenner, that's a bit wacky. Yeah. Um, you knew about this terrorist, this bomb the whole time. Yeah. You knew about this terrorist the whole time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, everything else is classic Steinbrenner, like him just mindlessly and being completely unaware of singing random lyrics and how yeah. it would annoy people. And I could imagine as well, he probably listens to like the golden oldie stations from like the 40s and 50s. Yeah. And then he might have like turned the dial by accident and got like an FM rock station. Yeah, classic you know, rock. Classic rock. And they play like 70s and 80s like rock. And then he got like Pat Benatar. Yeah. he's like, what's this? This sounds pretty good. Is- Heartbreaker. He probably listens to nothing over like the 1960s. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, Heartbreaker, Dreammaker. <laughs> and he's singing it out of tune. Yeah. Hey kids, do you know this song? 
hey, from youth. like 20 years ago. <laughs> At the time, 20 years ago, 40 years now. Nope. Greetings, youth. Do you Greetings. know this youthful song of youthfulness? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I just wanted to mention that. Um, and Wilhelm's in the episode as well, but he doesn't yeah. really, uh, you know, have much of a much of a role in he the just, episode. No, he just gets the green book from George, the yeah. one that George is sleeping on. Yeah. Actually, I do have one note. Um, I mean, Wilhelm's always, he's always admired people who work hard. You know, when he thinks that George is the first one in the office and uh, the last one to leave, he offers him that promotion in, what's the episode? You know, where George is not actually, he just leaves his car parked there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Okay. Yeah. But it's a season seven episode. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, But Wilhelm is the first one to turn up to work, so- I don't think we talked about that when we did the Yankee stuff that he must be a, you know, he must uh, like working long hours. Yeah. Because he admires that in George and he's the first one at the office when mm. George wakes up yeah. um, from his nap. So, yeah. just another little uh, Wilhelm point that I don't think we've mentioned. Yeah, good point. Other than that, that's all I've got. That's all I got. Well, what do you reckon? We'll have one more break and we'll wrap up the episode. We'll find out where the nap sits in our episodes of all time, whether it's in the greatest or the worst or anything in between. And, uh, well, for me, obviously, you can probably tell by now that none of the secondaries will be in my top 20, but let's find out if any of them are in Stephen's top 20 secondary characters of all time straight after this. Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. What the hell is this? What? Where are you? Over here. You can see right through here. What is this? It's like you're selling movie tickets back here. It's kind of cozy. All right, you are not going to believe what Kramer did to my mattress. I can't. I can't talk to you like this. So Kramer completely funked up my mattress. Does it smell like the East River? It does. How did you know? Because Kramer's been swimming laps between the Queensboro Bridge and the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, great! All right. Uh, well, you've said that you don't really like this episode, so where does it actually sit? Uh, out of 87 episodes that we've reviewed so far, number 84. Okay. The worst one of season eight so far. It's and, and look, I told you in the car on the way over here, when I say it's a crap Seinfeld episode, compared to other TV shows, it's probably below average compared to other shows if you put it up against them so i mean with seinfeld there's never a bad episode but this one i found really lacking i just found jerry's and kramer's plots to be pretty i don't know not that inspiring elaine's subplot as well like i know it's season eight and it's a bit goofy but i think it's too goofy um i I really enjoyed george's subplot with the nap I i really wish they fleshed that out a bit more or if they somehow connected all of the subplots to George somehow. Mm. I think it would have really stepped it up another notch or two. But no, definitely, yeah, not an episode that I really enjoyed as much as I would have liked. Um, yeah, so 84 out of 87. What are your bottom three? 85, uh, 86, 87. 85 is the Puerto Rican Day. 86 is the Heart Attack. And 87, the Stakeout, which is a fan favourite. A lot of people like it, but I just didn't really click. Not your thing. No. How about you? Uh, look, I haven't officially ranked the episode, but I'm going to say around 60, 65. Okay. Yeah, sort of middle of the bottom half. Fair enough. Um. I I did like um my my favorite scene in the episode is when um Kramer comes into Jerry's apartment just after the new kitchen's there and he thinks he's on the wrong floor. Oh yeah, he's like, I'm on the wrong floor again. And then again. Jerry pops up and he's sort of like scared. And then Elaine <laughs> pops her head down and she's and he like, freaks. Oh. yeah. And then he's yeah. like, oh, that's yeah. good. I did like that scene. And yeah, the George stuff was pretty good. Like yeah, yeah. You know, that's to me that fits within George's character perfectly of him. Uh, you know, paying someone yeah. to build like a, a little 
cubby house little force yeah yeah and it's a great performance by jason alexander and i loved when he's in the kitchen and he's yelling at jerry over those new cabinets and he's like and then george is jerry's like why are you shouting i don't know <laughs> it's just like shouting like every sentence yeah it's so good but yeah it's unhinged other- unhinged george I, I felt it was a great george performance definitely yeah definitely the star yeah uh and none of the secondary characters appear in your top 20 or 30 yeah. or 50 or 100 nah probably not even thousand no. yeah look i'm the same and if you want to find out our top 10 episodes or just our top episodes uh in well our episodes in order as well as secondary characters yeah you can uh, click the link in the show notes uh it's all there absolutely uh i think that's it we have no listen to mail this week unfortunately no we don't no didn't get anything in time for the recording um but yeah i guess that's the episode uh, that was, but I don't want to be a secondary character. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find us pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, yada, yada, yada. We're uh, also on social media at B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. If you want to donate to the podcast and help keep it running, patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. And we have an email address, Stephen. Yes, uh, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Uh, podcast at gmail.com so say hello get in touch uh, yeah tell us about what's going on what's going on yeah excellent uh, well so next week we're going from a really average episode that we did this week to a really great episode from season three The Note that's the one where George gets his massage by a man and yep. he says I think it moved and he <laughs> questions uh, one of many occasions in the series where George questions his sexuality Classic very subtle, very classic. I can't wait to do that one and talk about the secondary characters. My name's Ivan, and I'm Stephen. You can catch me. I do another podcast called In Melbourne last week, where I speak to everyday people who do extraordinary things. So uh, if you want to hear stories from amazing people in Australia and around the world, uh, I've got in the show notes the links to those, so you can find me on there as well. I don't speak to amazing people, uh, <laughs> so yeah, listen to your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll see you next week for another episode. Oh, and one more thing. Uh, this fortnight uh, is a Patreon bonus exclusive episode fortnight. That's right. We are talking about the 1997 comedy film. It has Michael Richards uh, in it. It's called Trial and Error. And uh, yeah, if you want to hear what we think of it, uh, sign up to Patreon and you can download that and all of our uh, other exclusive Patreon content. Absolutely. And once we reach 10 patrons, we'll be releasing weekly bonus episodes about anything Seinfeld related from fortnightly like we do at the moment so we'll see you next week for the note